To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. On the huddle with us this evening, got Hayden Munro, who's with the public relations firm Capital, and also David Farrah, Kiwi blog editor and Curia pollster. Um, David, I reckon he's got a fair argument, don't you think? I don't think that anybody, I mean, that's a huge body now. It's not a community outfit. It's probably fair enough. I think on the substance, he has a point. I'm not sure you do need to have the meetings in public, but I think the way he's gone about expressing it is extremely bad. The, the quip about therapy for journalists is really saying we don't think the public have any right to know. And here's what's interesting. He's the Chancellor of AUT. AUT, which of course has a journalism school. So what does it really say to all those student journalists at AUT when their own chancellor is really being so dismissive of them and say, oh, all they really interested in is, is you know, sort of, of headlines, nothing of substance. So I think the way he went about it is extremely unhelpful, but I do think you can have a quite legitimate debate about how much of it does need to be public or not. Yeah, and you know what, Hayden? It probably doesn't really help. It doesn't really help Labor because clearly what Nationals doing is they're building a case against Labor bit by bit that this government doesn't really like transparency. All the stuff that they keep pointing out, and this is just the latest. And his, he's drawn, unfortunately, a fair amount of attention now to it. I think that's right, and I think, as you say, part of it's the attitude. I think most New Zealanders will be pretty understanding if you explain. Look, we're setting this entity up. A lot of the things we're discussing are about nationwide contracts, etc. But sarcasm and kind of the jibes at journalists like that, I think you actually expect someone in such a senior role who's so experienced to understand that you're you're better off um, playing the ball, not the man in these circumstances. And I think think he's, he's made a real mistake. David, I'm loving, I'm loving Jantanetti's hints that maybe she's going to roll out structured literacy to all the schools as a way to teach kids to read. What do you reckon? Uh, well, I was talking to my partner on this. She made a really good comment when she said any time the government's saying one size fits all, it's probably a bad thing to do. Um, we are at a school where phonics is being used, other people at schools there. There's, you know, kids are different, schools are different. And... If what the government's proposing is we're going to move everyone onto the one system, I think there is going to be a massive, massive backlash to that because there is actually use in having a diversity of approaches rather than trying to settle, you know, you must all be phonics or you must all be structured. What do you think then, Hayden? Because the way it sounds like, I mean, look, honestly, trying to get information out of these guys is like trying to get blood out of a stone. But it sounds like they're going to go for a structured literacy approach and then each school will be able to do a reasonable amount of tweaks to change it to, to David's point to be able to make it work for them. Yeah, so look, I think the the first thing to kind of start with here is that New Zealand's literacy rates have been dropping for a long time. What we're doing now isn't working. So in that context, I think absolutely fair enough to be thinking about how you do this different. And if you take what the research says works best, which is structured literacy, and then make sure that the system also allows for people to tweak, etc. That seems fair to me. I think that, you know, the, even from my own family's experience, um, education can't be one size fits all. So, but I think start with the best thing and then tweak it seems pretty fair to me. 
Yeah. All right. I haven't told these two guys. We're going to come back to them, but I haven't told them that I'm going to ask them about Trevor Mallard getting his knighthood. So let's hit them with it and see what they say. 13 away from 60, back with Hayden Munro, David Farah, Huddle this evening. Hayden, so Trevor Mallard is just not even hiding the fact that he wants a knighthood. And clearly there are discussions taking place. Should he get one? No, and I'm, I'm probably going to make a bunch of politicians grumpy here, but I don't like the idea of politicians getting these knighthoods anyway. I think um, standing for office, being elected by your community, that's an honour enough in itself. And I, I in general, think politicians should always turn them down. Yeah, OK, I'm with that, David, but especially a politician called Trevor Mallard and the way that he's behaved. I don't. What would possibly qualify him for it? Well, I get surprised people go the other way on this. Every Speaker of the House since Alfred Allen in 1972, who only did it for three months, has been knighted or the equivalent. So it's about people have held the office. And look, as long as we don't do what we did to Jonathan Hunt, who was made Order of New Zealand, one of the 20th greatest living New Zealanders, which still rankles me. I, I have to have therapy for that. So if, it, if it's just a knighthood, that's fine. The speakers get a knighthood uh, as long as it's not the Order of New Zealand. But hang on a tick, David. Held. David, I mean, knighthood should go to people who are of good character, shouldn't it? Not just because you were the speaker. Well, you could argue that if he wasn't of good character, he wouldn't have been made to speak a lot. David, of course he... David, David, he should not have... done things which has caused me to shout at the (laughs) screen with obscenities. Yes, he he has, um, etc. But I'm a bit of a traditionalist where I believe those who hold the senior officers, prime minister, speaker, governor general, um, it goes with the territory, even if their record has been somewhat spotty. Oh, my gosh. Hayden, what should we do with David? This is this is a terrible argument, isn't it? I mean, and let's not even get into the fact that the whole um, knighthood thing is, you know, a relic of an outdated monarchy that we should be getting rid of as well. But that's oh, probably Hayden. another point. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Hey, listen, if the government can tweak the cost of living payment for the 1st of September, why didn't they do it for the 1st of August one? Yeah, I, I think they've absolutely deserved the rap over the knuckles that they got from the Auditor-General today. You know, the, the AG's report said, yes, you were trying to do this fast, but actually you had quite a few months to get this lined up in the first place. So I, I think the government needs to take this one on the chin and they damn sure need to fix it for the second and third round. Yeah, David, if it is so easy to fix for the second and third round, why didn't they fix it for the first one? Absolutely, and what they're doing isn't rocket science. Did the person declare they were not a resident of New Zealand in their last tax return? That's all they have to do is check that the person themselves said we are no longer in New Zealand. David, is this is this something like is this something that the guys at the IRD have to go through the paper files for, or is it on the computer system? It's on the computer system. It's not quite push a button, but but they've spent you know a billion dollars on the new computer system. I'm sure. Yes, it's very easy to do. The real problem is this was a policy designed in around 48 hours that they had to implement within a few weeks. And just basically there wasn't enough time for people to say, well, should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? Once yeah. they realise, oh, God, it's going to people overseas, etc., uh, then you know, they're investing the time in doing it properly. Hayden, the fact that Costco cannot sell wine when it is apparently the th- one of the one of the things that it offers the greatest discount on is just outrageous, don't you think? This West Auckland setup is nonsense. Yeah, I'm not. I have to, I'm not as fired up about this as everyone else's. Um, I think there's you know there's lots of places. You can that's because you can't go to Costco because you live in Wellington. That's that's right. Look, if if, mm. if, if, if they'd, they'd stuffed up the Wellington market, I might be a bit, a bit more angry. <laughs> what do you think, David? 
Oh, it's great. Like the, the, the anti-alcohol zealots are winning. Like they 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 tried to stop Hoon Bay Countdown from selling alcohol, which is mm-hmm. in the law that you're allowed to, you know, uh, because they said, oh, there's very vulnerable communities in Hoon Bay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Bay? Yeah, there might be a case <laughs> if it was Mugry. But, you know, we did try to stop the Hoon Bay countdown from selling alcohol. It's just this wowserism coming to the top. Yeah, too right. I couldn't agree more with you actually on that one, David. It's a pity about what you said before about the knighthoods. Thank you both of you. Hayden Munro, Public Relations Firm Capital, David Farah, uh, Kiwi Blog and Kiri Apolster. So what they actually said about the, um, if you didn't catch this on Friday, it was of great amusement to us. What they said about the Herne Bay countdown is there was um, a Māori warden in training uh, who was there representing the actual Māori warden who'd lot one of three objectors to count down Herne Bay being able to sell the liquor. And she turned up and she said the reason that they shouldn't be able to sell liquor is because there are parts of Hearn Bay that are highly deprived, high on the deprivation scale. And the rest of us looked around and said, um, where? It's Hearn Bay. Where, where are these people? And to this day, we don't know. We don't know what she was talking about, but fair to say she was probably laughed out of that room because, as I say, it is Hearn Bay. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.